Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the Gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words of Jesus. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, cultures are groups of people who hold similar beliefs and values. Today, we hear how Jesus reveals some aspects of the uplifting culture of the kingdom of God. It's about healing, humility, and hospitality to the, quote, undeserving. This is in direct conflict with the lawyers and Pharisees spoken of in our text. Theirs is a cancel culture that has to do with helping yourself, often at the expense of others, arrogance, and giving only to the so-called deserving among us who can return the favor. By coming to church today, and you have come to church, by the way, church is where we gather in the Lord's name to hear his word and to celebrate his sacrament. It is distinctive when, from our other groups of meeting because worship is distinctive. God himself in Jesus Christ comes into our midst to serve us these gifts. He's his gifts. He's here. And that's what we acknowledge. That's why even though we're outside, there's an order to this, isn't there? You just came before the Lord of heaven and earth, and what did he do? He forgave your sins. You know why? Because you've come to his church. You've come to a different culture. It's far different. Opposite of the culture of the world. You have entered the healing, humble, and hospitable kingdom culture of the kingdom of God. Now, the culture of the church is shaped and formed by the healing balm of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, balm, you're probably like, what's that? B-A-L-M, right? What's balm? You ever put on lip balm? Yeah? My wife does all the time. She can't live without the Carmex, right? What does it do? It brings healing. Well, that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ does. It brings healing. It soothes the wounds inflicted by those who, like the lawyers and Pharisees of our text, live by the gotcha culture of this world. You see, in our text, the Pharisees were seeking to destroy Jesus' credibility. Did you notice how it says they were watching him carefully? They wanted to destroy his credibility with the people they served. And so they had this big thing about not doing anything on the Sabbath. And Jesus knows what they're thinking, you know, because Jesus is Lord. So he challenges uh, them on their understanding of the Sabbath. He said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? 
And you know what they said? Nothing. Because they had no convictions. They said nothing. Because they wanted him to say something and then get him as a result, right? So what does he do? He heals the man on the Sabbath day who is suffering from something called dropsy. Now that's maybe something you're not familiar with, but in our day and age, we call it edema. And that's when someone kind of fills up with fluids so much so that their skin begins to break open, right? It's a, a very difficult disease to deal with. In fact, I know several of our members who have to deal with edema, and then, you know, the skin breaks open, and they have to put salve on it to keep it from being infected, and, and all of the rest. Well, gee, and, and by the way, the Pharisees said, well, these people are, are undeserving. They're unclean. They must have done something wrong here. So we don't want anything to do with them. So what does Jesus do? He heals the man. He heals him. Wow. Now, before we get too hard on the lawyers and the Pharisees, which is like the market. Ever played gotcha with someone? Maybe in a someone you, you don't know, and so it's a lot easier to maybe hold them more accountable than yourself. Ever played gotcha with an acquaintance? Or how about gotcha with a loved one? Because you're so hurt by something that happened that you just want to get them back, right? This is a problem for us. For all of us, because it's our go-to way ever since the fall. It's our default way of dealing with things. We try and show ourselves to be, quote, better than others. All I got news for you. We're not. I'm not. And Jesus exposes that among us today, not for the purpose of a gotcha moment, but for the purpose of changing things for us. And notice what he, he says in another place. That man was not made for the Sabbath. You weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for you. And he shows this to the, uh, those Pharisees by saying this. Hey, if your kid falls in a well or an ox falls in a well, aren't you going to immediately pull it out? Well, of course they would. Even if it's the Sabbath day, of course they will. But did you notice what they how they respond to Jesus, they said nothing because they have no convictions. They just want to convict other people, right? Wow. Now, the Sabbath is made for you. It's a place where the great position of both body and soul comes to restore your relationship with him and each other. He does this through the forgiveness of sins. This is the big thing of the church. We are just the delivery guys. Our Lord authorizes us to stand here and say this, to deliver his goods, the forgiveness of sin, to set you free from your sin and death, and for us ourselves to be set free on this Sabbath from our sin and death. That's what this place is about. It's about healing, and there's only healing through, there's only reconciliation through forgiveness. Back to that understanding of balm again. Any, anybody ever use Neosporin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you did too? You must have had a cut. Yeah. Oh, right there. Yeah. So what does Neosporin do? 
Well, one of the things, like, I, I looked it up, actually. I kind of knew what it did, but I looked it up just to make sure there wasn't something else. And the one thing it does is it moistens the wound. It keeps it from getting hard. I better check with Dr. Kristoviak over here, but it says, that's what it says on the directions. And then it, it, takes, it keeps it from becoming infected, takes the infection away. Well, the healing salve, the healing uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know what it does? It softens our hard hearts. To the point that we can even, if we're listening and hearing, if our minds and hearts and lives are being shaped by the love of God and Jesus Christ, it means we can even love our enemies and do good to those who hurt us. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. So are you tired of the gotcha culture? Whether it be online or in your everyday life, you tired of it? Well, I got good news for you. Jesus comes today with healing. The culture of the church also consists of those who humble themselves before God and others. It is countercultural to the world because it stands in stark culture or stark contrast to those who, like the lawyers and Pharisees of our text, arrogantly exalt themselves over others. And Jesus noticed that, didn't he? He noticed that they chose the places of honor. And he knows that we do too. That we think really highly of ourselves. And mistakenly so. And that's why he teaches that, hey, don't do that. Because the host is going to come and say to you, hey, take, a, take the lowest seat. And let me give the good seat, the prime seat, to someone else. Right? Don't do that. Take the lowest seat, he says. And when the host comes, he'll say, friend, come higher, and you'll be honored before everyone. And then he says what? Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Didn't Jesus humble himself by even, even by taking on our flesh and blood? He did. And then not only that, he humbles himself even more by taking our sin and death into himself and dying. But he rose victorious over it. And now he's exalted, isn't he? He's got the name that is above every name, that, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of who? To the glory of God the Father. He says to you, friend, come up for a better seat. But you know what the seat is? It's his. He gives you his seat. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to you and me. This is what's going on here. This is what our Lord comes down to do. He humbles himself to exalt you. This culture where God himself and Christ humbles himself before us, and in turn we humble ourselves before him and others, it's, it's really important for our world, isn't it? Now, just as an aside, parents... I want to let you know that your pastors and your teachers are here to work with you, not against you. You authorize us to teach your children and to shape and form them with the love of God and Jesus Christ. We're working together with you, and we need to be totally transparent about that and are. And if we fail, we need to call us on. Because we're here to work together. That's not what's going on in the culture, is it? 
We're here to humbly serve you. And we only get this right because we don't get it right all the time either. So you have to call it out, us on it when we don't. And we can repent just like everybody else. And again, go with, with the way of the culture of the Lord's church. Humbly bringing his gifts into people's hearts and lives. You see, Jesus comes today with healing. And he comes not to be served, but to serve. And he shapes and forms our culture so that we're here to do the same thing. To bring healing to one another by reconciling with each other and by serving each other the gifts that God has served us. And finally, better keep it going because we're hoping it doesn't rain. If it doesn't rain, I'll take credit for that. If it does, someone else made the decision. <laughs> the culture of the church is hospitable in its dealing with others. In this culture, Jesus himself is the host of a feast that creates and sustains a community. And this is a community of grace, mercy, and peace. And notice what we hear. He invites to this feast, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, along with all those who have nothing to offer him except this, their sin and death. That's all we have to offer him, the one who has it all, our sin and death. Notice that Jesus doesn't invite the rich and the famous and those who believe in themselves, who deny their things, their sins, and think they're better than someone else. He doesn't invite them. He invites those who know who they are and where their life and forgiveness and peace come from it's from Jesus Christ and we can never ever 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 repay him that's why it's so important for you to be immersed in this culture of the church this differs strikingly from the host in the dinner of our text who invites only those who can return the favor he invites, invites only those who can do something for him or get something to him. That's not what we're about here. Jesus' hospitality is about bringing us poor, visual sinners into the kingdom of God, into the culture of his grace, mercy, and healing. It's all about mercy, and in that word hospitality, there's hospice. There's mercy. So in the words of the hymn writer, Jesus comes today with healing, knocking at your door, appealing, offering pardon, grace, and peace. And you, with nothing except your sin and death, respond this way, and you'll have opportunity to respond exactly in this way. On my tongue, his pledge receiving, I accept his grace, believing, and I taste his love divine. Now, now have I found consolation, comfort in my tribulation, balm to heal the troubled soul. God, my shield from every terror, cleanses me from sin and error, makes my wounded spirit whole. This is the healing, humble, and hospitable, hospitable culture of the kingdom of God. Welcome. Amen.